Come on, let's give praise to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, how many of you are excited that you are here in church? How many of you are excited because Jesus is your Lord and Saviour? Come on, at the count of three, let's give a big hand to Jesus again. Amen. Hallelujah. Awesome, awesome. I don't know about you, I'm, I'm very excited. You know, every time when, when our church had, uh, you know, invited speakers that came and, and you know, that come and, and preach, you know, uh, the following week, when I come up to, to preach, I, I get very excited. Yeah, because I had a break and then I, I, you know, I get to preach again. Amen. All right. Okay, before, you know, we, we get into the Word this morning, I just want to encourage all of us. We are living in a very exciting times, especially here in our nation. Yeah, for all of you, you know, uh, Malaysians, you know that uh, the chances are that we're going to have, a very, you know, we're going to have our uh, 15th general election this year, all right, before the year ends. And I want to confess a little uh, bit uh, to you guys that at first when, when, when I, you know, have a, just the thought of, of what's happening in this country, yeah, with the political situation, I was very uh, disheartened and very frustrated. And I found myself uh, telling people or talking to people, I, there's no point of voting, you know, nothing changes. And one day, uh, someone corrected me and said, this, said, Pastor, you know, we cannot keep saying things like this. If we say things like this, nothing will change. And that really convicted me. And I, I felt that, yeah, you know, it's so true. We, we can be so easily, you know, get sucked into the negative and forget that, that we, you know, as a people of God, that we have the opportunity to do something different to, to you know, to, to make a change in this nation. Yeah, so I want to encourage you, for those of you who are, were like me or are like me before, yeah, don't let frustrations get the better of you. We need to do our part and we need to vote in this coming election. Is that okay? You know, as, as, as Malaysians, we need to exercise our rights. Amen? And for those of you who, are, who have turned 18, please check. Yeah, you're the undi 18. Your name, you know, probably have been uh, in, uh, in the electoral role. So please, you know, uh, vote is your first time. Yeah, and, and you, your vote is going to make a difference. All right? So turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you got to vote this time. Amen? All right, hallelujah. Got to vote. All right, go back, you know, and, and vote. We, if it's on a weekend, we're probably going to have our, our service, all right, on a weekday so that, that weekend everybody can go back, you know, to, to their hometown to vote. And let's really make a difference and continue to pray for our nation. Is that okay? Yeah, don't let the negative news around you, the frustrations get, you know, uh, the best of you. Yeah, we know that we as a people of God, we can make a difference here in this place. All right, amen. And I have said earlier on concerning the election, and I realized this one thing that, you know, all, you know my, my frustration and, and the decision that I made was really the result of an inner conversation. You know, because I've been telling myself, talking to myself, you know, about this whole entire situation, and somehow it has formed my, my you know, my action, all right? And, and, I really thank God that I did not continue on in that. There was a change in the direction and I told myself, I'm going to vote this time, all right? No matter how frustrated I am. You know why I'm saying that? Because I want all of us to understand this. We talk to ourselves more than we know. But the question is, what do you say to yourself? The truth is this, apart from this, you know, that I mentioned earlier, we have a lot of conversations within ourselves. Am I right? Come on. Yeah. But the key word is within. It's important to understand that, all right, you don't, you know, verbally talk to yourself all the time. That will be quite scary. Remember when I first started on this series on change, the first thing that I talked about is the change of mindset. Everybody say change of mindset. And one of the, the points that I, I mentioned is that our lives will always follow the direction of our dominant thoughts. What, we, what fills our minds will probably direct the way we live. That's why in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, the Good News translation says this, Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. How you think is important. 
Psychologists call this the law of cognition. To put it in a simpler way, the law of cognition teaches that what you think will impact what you believe, which impacts what you feel, which impacts what you do. So it all starts with how you think will create your beliefs and then it will affect your emotions and because you're affected by your emotions, you will, chances are we as human beings, we will often do what we feel. So therefore, if we look at this, how you think will form your inner conversations. And these inner conversations will influence the way that you live. I always believe these actions are followers of our thoughts. And then what happens is this, words become the accelerator. The more we talk about it, the more it becomes a reality in our lives. Author and pastor David, Paul, uh, Paul David Tripp said this, no one is more influential in your life than you are because no one talks to you more than you do. So I want to encourage every one of us, stop talking into a life that you hate. There's a lot of negativity around us. If our thoughts keep on focusing on that and the, those inner conversation revolves around that, when we verbalize our words, it creates an environment around us. If you keep saying that your home is not happy, if you keep complaining about your spouse, if you keep complaining about your children, guess what happens? There's a negativity that will take place in the environment that you're in. Words are like seeds. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So everybody say fruit. Words will eventually become fruits that we consume. If it is good, it will be good fruit. If it is bad, it is bad fruit. If our lingo leads to bad fruits, we must change our words. That's why the title of this message is Change in Words. What we say or what we speak affects our lives. Unfortunately, most people get stuck in a negative loop. They only focus on the negative things. And the sad reality is this, we live in a world that is surrounded by chronic neg negativity. We focus on one bad comment and neglect the five good comments in our lives. For instance, Sam, you led worship this morning. It was fabulous. You know, people next to you, Lisa, gives you a thumbs up. Then Wenchi on the other side gives you a pat on the back, says amazing. Andy looks at you and says, wow, so anointed. Then Joel comes up to you and says, you know, Sam, wow, it's so different. And then all you need is Pastor John comes up to you and says, Sam, today you are off. I don't feel the anointing at all. And you know what happens? Immediately, you will feel that you suck this morning. But you forgot about the five good comments. And that's the reality in our lives. We tend to always drawn or be drawn to negativity. This shows that negativity has a greater impact than positivity. Yeah? And we all know what sells and what is interesting are always negative news. What spreads faster on social media? Come on. Somehow we have a negativity bias. For instance, if a church does good, it's, it's news just for a few days. But if a church has a scandal, it will last forever. If the pastor preaches about adultery and, and teaches the people to avoid adultery, you know, probably people say, yeah, you know, it was a good, you know, series and, you know, pastor preached well. But when the pastor commits 
adultery, I tell you what, oh, it will last forever. Because we, we tend to, to be drawn to negativity. Therefore, we must consciously watch what we say or what we speak. Psalms 141 verse 3 says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. So we need to set a guard over what we say and then we got to keep watch over the door of our lips. Because what comes out here, as I said earlier on, words are like seeds. It's going to be sown into your belief and eventually it will become a reality in your life. So I have four things that I want to you know, uh, share with you concerning how to detect negativity in your words. Number one is that you're critical. You always have bad reviews no matter how good it is. Even if the coffee is good, the cup is bad. You understand what I'm saying? You walked in into a shop and you order coffee is fabulous and it's wow, you know, it, it really tastes out of this world. But then you look at the cup and say, you know what, the cup is terrible. But that is the problem when we become critical. And even in church, I want all of us to understand this. Don't be critical. Yes, there are things to be improved, but don't be critical. Amen? Number two, negative filtering. You're always only seeing what's wrong instead of finding what's right. How many of you, you are like that? Come on, let's, let's be honest. When you walk into this place, the first thing that you look at is what's wrong. How come the communion cup is not on the chair but on the floor? How come Sam is, is, is standing, you know, five centimeters away from the center? You always have something wrong to take note of. That's negative filtering. And thirdly, absolute thinking. This is polarizing. If it's like that, it is forever like that. You throw the baby out together with the bathwater. Sometimes people are like that. If you disagree with the person, you write the whole person off. Absolute thinking. Just because Sam you know, have said something to you and, and caused you to be upset. So you just write her off. No matter, every time when she leads worship, no matter how anointed it is, you know, you're just shut and you say, no, you know. Absolute thinking about that, that person. No, even when people talk to you and say, hey, you know, hey, today Sam did well. But then what happens is you say, huh? okay lah. But definitely, you know, something can change. Do you know that when Chris came up and, and you know, look at, you know, when he said something and look at Sam, Sam got shocked and she thought, what happened just now? And, you know, you, you always have, you know, you, you just write that person off. That's not how it should be in the house of God. How many of you would want Jesus to write you off? When God looks at you, I thank God that He doesn't write you off. When God looks at me, He doesn't write me off. And the fourth thing that to detect negative words, negativity in your words, is that you always feel victimized. Believing that you are always a victim. Everyone else is a problem but you. And this is the most prevalent. Because no matter... Whatever happens is always about other people that's wrong and not yourself. The good news is this. Negativity and toxicity in our words can change. Amen? Come on, do you believe that? If you are negative and toxic in your words, the good news is this, you can change. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 6 says this, evil people use their words to hurt others, but the words from good people can save others from danger. So we know 
that words have the ability to destroy and save. But we have to make a choice of the words that we speak of or the things that we say. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 15. And I want all of us to read from verse 1 to verse 6, all right? Genesis chapter 15, verse 1 to verse 6. It says this, After this, the word of the Lord, everybody say the word of the Lord, came to Abraham, Abraham in a vision. So when the word of the Lord came to Abraham, it was a direct verbal word to Abraham. And this is God's word directly to him. Not passed through a prophet, not passed through a person, but God himself spoke to Abraham. How powerful that is. It says this, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. Let's look at the conversation between Abraham and God. It says this in verse 2, But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir but a son who is, who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. So this is a very good example how we often respond even after we have heard from the Lord or received a promise from God. God spoke to Abraham and in verse 1 we say this, uh, we have read just now that God told him that he is his great reward, exceedingly great reward. But the next thing that followed, followed through, or rather the, the conversations went on, Abraham, was he positive or negative? Come on. He was negative. Say, God, what, you know, what can you give to me? Since I remain childless, there's no one that's of my flesh, own flesh and blood that's going to inherit my inheritance, all that I have. See, even with God's word over his life, Abraham or Abraham, he looked at the negative first. So it's crucial that we need to understand this. That if God has spoken to you and given you a promise, the flesh will always want to draw us to the negativity side. But we as a people of God, we must learn to hold on to His promise. We must not come to a place where we create a negative situation around us. We thank God that God did not just leave Abraham there and let him just mull or rather, you know, just, just dwell in, 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 in his negativity. God had to change something in his life. God did not leave him where he was. But God, God literally took him out. So, I want to share with you about what we should do when negativity seems to surround us, even when we have the promise of God over our lives. Number one, what we should do is to meditate on God's Word. The best picture or example I can give to you is do what a cow does. Everybody say cow. Do what a cow does. When the cow grazes, what happens is this, that the cow will keep on chewing, chewing and chewing. And this is a process called ruminating. The cow ruminates the grass that is in its mouth to get the most of the nutrients there is from what is chewing. And that's what we need to do in our lives. When we meditate on God's Word, it's not just reading it just like that, but we need to chew on it, to meditate on it. The problem is this, with most of us, we often take God's Word or treat God's word as a plaster. 
But we never take it like an alcohol swap. I still remember there was one time when Pastor Brenda got a cut on her finger and I look at her, I say, hey, you know, we, we, we got to do something and it was bleeding. So I took alcohol swab and I put it on her finger and she screamed because it was stinging. And she, ah, what are you doing? Are you trying to kill me? It was painful. And I said, no, this will help. It will, you know, it's antiseptic. It's supposed to, to you know, to, to, to help with, with your wound. Say, no, just give me a plaster next time. So the next time when I got cut and I asked her, again, get me something for this cut. And guess what she brought for me? Alcohol swab. And she gave, you know, me a taste of my own medicine. So when I put on it, I said, wow, it's painful. Then she said, that's why you just need to put a plaster. But I know that when I just put a plaster, it doesn't really help without first cleaning the wound. So that's the problem with most of us. When we don't meditate on God's word, most of the time God's word becomes a plaster instead of like an alcohol swab. Remember, the word of God is sharper than any double-aged sword. It will pierce into your innermost being, separation of bone, even to the separation of bone and marrow. That's how deep it is. So therefore, I want to encourage you that no matter what you go through in your life, when, when you meditate upon God's word, even though it's cutting, it's good for you. I was talking to, 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 to someone over lunch uh, just last week and we were just talking about you know, how important it is that we, we must be open to God's word. And he was sharing his own personal experience. Saying, you know, pastor, when I was you know, uh, when I, I was not living a, 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 a good Christian life, I say, what do you mean by that? You know, before I, I, I got married, I, I had a girlfriend before, and my, you know, it was an unequally yoked relationship. So I say, okay. So, you know, every time when, when I go to church, uh, he was, you know, studying overseas at the time, and he said this, every time when I, you know, when I go to church, no matter what the pastor preaches, I always feel that he's speaking directly to me. Even though he's, he's not talking directly about unequally yoke. I look at him, I smile. And I ask him, how do you respond? Say, I was open before the Lord. And God let him through. Yeah, and today he's happily married yeah, with, with a very godly wife. Praise God for that. And they have, you know, wonderful children. And why am I sharing this with you is this. Sometimes when we come to church and we hear a message and we know that that message speaks to us. And what happens is this. We, we tend to always sway towards polarizing. Thinking that, you know, uh, yeah, you know. I, I've, I've, I've heard this before. People say, oh, you know, sometimes people come up to me and say, Pastor, you know, today what you preach really speak directly to me. So, oh, okay, praise God. Good for you. But what do you do about it? Are you just hearing? Is it just a plaster? Or is it an alcohol swap? Life will not change if we don't allow God to bring His Word and cut into our lives. And so I don't come to church looking for good messages. I believe messages that will change your life are always those that are piercing. And you feel ouch, as if the pastor is talking, or the message is just talking directly to you. You get what I mean? So remember, every time when you use a plaster, think about what I said today. But please don't come to a place that you know, when you look at a plaster and you think that a plaster is bad. Alright? But I want you to know, there is a time and place for everything. But what needs to be done is that we must do, always do the right thing. And we need to ruminate on God's word 
meditate on God's word. Take time every day. You know, one of our church members, I, I, I'm very encouraged by her because every time when I pray with her, you know, I, I, I feel so inspired because every time when she prays, she always pray what she have heard or what she have learned on the Sunday service in a sermon. And I was like, wow, it's amazing. And she pray and, and she really, and I found out that she is one of those that after the service, she will go and, you know, watch YouTube again, over and over again. So every time when I see the YouTube hits, you know, on our church, I, you know, I know that probably 30% is from her alone. So I don't get too excited when I see, you know, 200 or 300 hits, right? I'm just thinking that maybe 100 hits is from her. But she ruminates. And when she doesn't fully understand, she will ask. The person that, you know, she's mentored by, she'll, she'll ask her CG leader. Sometimes she might even come to me and ask me, you know, Pastor, why? why? It's like, and, and that's how we, we need to learn. Amen? That's how we learn and that's how we grow. So guys, I want to encourage you, ruminate. Meditate on God's word. Number two, all right? What we should do is look at the right things. God literally brought Abraham out of the tent. When he was, you know, filled with all the negativity, he was in the tent. And God told him, you know, get out of the tent, come outside. You know, friends, that's what negativity do. It will, it will limit us within our tent, our tents. But when you go out, you know what God told him? Look at the stars in the sky and start to count them. If you can count them, this will be the number of your descendants. Of course, Abraham couldn't count because it was impossible to count the stars in the sky. You know, Abraham, even though he had the promise from God, he was only looking at his own servant. But God had to ask him to stop doing that, get out of your tent, look at the sky, look at the stars, and start counting. God knew that this was impossible. For Abraham to be able to count all of them. But you know what, friends? It may be impossible with men, but it's possible with God. And that's how the promise came to pass in Abraham's life. That his descendants are numerous, as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand, and you know, in the in the by the sea. The problem is this, when we are filled with negativity, our eyes can't look up. We tend to always just look at best around us. But most people will just look down. That's not what God wants us to set our eyes upon. We need to continue to look at Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Be careful where we direct our eyes. It's very easy to look, let's say, if, if I don't like Pastor John, okay, let's say, okay, we all love him, right? If I don't like him, and you know what? The chances are, I will have this negative filtering that no matter what he does, it's always bad. Why is he wearing orange shirt? <laughs> Why is he wearing jogger pants? And the shoe and the pants, same colour. What? No, no fashion. You know, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that. Alright. You look good, by the way. You look good. Alright, okay. But that's the problem. When we keep, you know, saying all these negative things. Sometimes if we, I just want you to, to do this one thing. Is it okay if I, you know, I just challenge you to do this one thing? You know, every time when you feel like complaining or being critical, just take out your phone and record what you say. If you are married, right? Spouse, I want you to do this thing. That the moment you feel your spouse is going to say something negative, just tell your spouse, you know, this is what pastor teaches us to challenge us. I'm going to take out a phone, my phone, and I'm going to record what you say. Just try it. Okay? Just try it. 
If you can get past that, I want you to listen to what you say after that. Is that okay? So for those who are married, right, it's going to be fun. Okay? But if only we listen to all the negative things we say, chances are we will shrink back and like, we'll, I don't think that's me. All right, that's what the flesh does. All right, so we have to let the spirit overcome. You know, I've, I've learned over the years as a pastor, you know, it's very easy when pastors get together and when we talk, you know, and, and we, we have a conversation, you know, someone will always bring up, you know, hey, do you know what that church, right? You know what they are going through? And I feel very uncomfortable when things are there. So I'll, I'll always refrain myself, say, yeah, yeah, no, I think, you know what? No matter what happens, let's pray for them. That's their journey. You know, we believe in God, you know. But some people just don't get the cue. You know, but, yeah, but you know what, you know what, you know. I say, I don't want to know. You understand what I'm getting at? Because I, I feel very, you know, it's unidentifying. At the end of the day, it just zaps the energy out of you. But I love to have conversations with people, you know, with pastors who, like, you know, hey, what, what, what is God saying to you this time, in this season of your life, for your church? What are you going to do? You know, what are we doing? You know, uh, how, how we can encourage each other. I just had a pastor's meeting uh, over, you know, uh, last uh, Wednesday, all right? And I met with this, you know, group of, of pastors and, and we're just talking and, and it's so encouraging because we're just listening what, what they're doing and one of them, oh, you know, this, this Christmas, we are mobilizing the whole entire church to do a, a, a happiness project. I said, what is happiness project? This is the first time I'm... I'm, I'm Hearing it, say, oh, you know, we, we have this thing and we invite people to church and if they come, you know, three consecutive uh, weeks, we're going to give them a gift pack. I say, wow. The first time I'm hearing it. But then I ask, where do you all get this idea? Well, we got this idea from Taiwan and it worked tremendously. Then another person, you know, say, yeah, we try it in our church. And our church that year had 50 salvations. Wow, happiness project. Maybe we should do that, amen? Yeah. Pastor John, like, yeah, we are happy enough. No, that's, yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on. Okay, the last point. Are you okay? I'm going to finish. Everybody say hallelujah. Okay, it says this. What we should do is to believe what God has said. Always believe what God has said. Firstly, we must meditate on God's word. Secondly, we must look at the right things. And thirdly, we got to believe what God has said. How do we believe what God has said? Believing is about thinking it, speaking it, and acting it. You got to learn to think about it, to speak of it, and to act on it. I find this to be true, so true. Because my wife has been complaining to me, say, you know, dear, I think you better start exercising now. Your, your, your middle kingdom is expanding. Before it's too late, she said. And I find it to be so true that I know that I can lose weight. But the problem is this, I don't think it enough. I don't say it enough. I don't act on it. So she keep reminding me every day without fail. I realize this, yes. Let's start by thinking it. So I really have in my mind an exercise regime starting from this week. Hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Come on. Can I get some encouragement here, all right? So I'm thinking when I'm going to go for a swim, you know, when I'm going to go for a, to the gym. You know, when people came to visit my place and, and they asked me, hey, Pastor, have you swam in, in your swimming pool yet? No, not yet. Have you been to the gym? Not yet. But one thing I did, I, I've been feeding fishes. All right. Exercising. So my hand is a little bit, you know, 
then speaking it. So I told my wife, yeah, we got to go for a walk. Yeah, we got to, you know, go for, you know, you got to speak it. Yeah, and, and, and uh, yeah, speaking it. And now, of course, acting on it. So preferably, before Christmas, I'll, I will lose some weight. Yeah, but it has to start somewhere. You know, even though this, this is just a light moment, but I want all of us to understand this, that even in our lives, sometimes what we go through or the pit that we are in, the problem is that we keep describing the pit. And that's why we're never going to get anywhere. God wants to take us out of that pit. God wants to take, out, take you out of, of that surrounding because you have created such a wall of negativity around you. He wants to take you out. To look to Him. To change the way you say things. If we keep saying, oh, you know, my child is never going to, you know, it's not going to do well or, you know, or my life is going to be like, I'm never going to find a job. And you know what, friends? Chances are, you're going to live your life following those things that you say or you speak of. And I can tell you this negativity is not humility. So I want to encourage us. If you're going through a sickness, you've got to change the way you speak. Don't say, yeah, this sickness is so terrible, I don't think I'm going to survive it. And guess what? You're not going to get any better. I'm not just saying about just positive confession or what, but we need to speak what God says in our lives. It will change your whole entire situation around you. If you keep saying that you have no money, no money, no money, and you know what, friends? Eventually, when you have money, you also still feel that you have no money. You know, I just want to just, you know, end with this. I still remember, you know, uh, <laughs> in 2020, all of a sudden, my wife, Pastor Brenda, told me, and said, dear, let's go and look at properties. I'm looking at this. And I told her, we don't even have money in the bank. And this is pandemic time to look for houses. And I was looking at it and said, where are we going to get this, this kind of, you know, uh, are we just going for fun of it, you know, get free coffee or free, you know, uh, food or whatever? Say no. Because God spoke to me about us getting a house. But I was really negative. Say no lie, no, I don't think so. But she kept on, you know, speaking and say, God said it, God said it, let's believe. Then finally, I, I say, okay, okay. You know, I, I came to a place of compromise. She also came to a place of compromise. And I told her, yeah, let's go and look for at their design. Like, at least we know what's out there. And she said, yeah, yeah, just look at the design. Who knows? When we get our house, at least we have some ideas of what, what needs to be done. But in my heart, I was like, ah, oh, no. It's not going to happen. You know, we are not going to buy. So I still remember when we first went to, uh, to this showroom and I walk in there. I was like, wow, you know, this showroom looks expensive. And true enough, the property was so expensive. And I asked the person, how much is it? The person told me the, the original price. I, I look at the person, I look at person and I say, I don't think we can even afford, you know, half of this. And to cut the long story short, yeah, we, we bought the property, praise God. You know, God made it all possible. But along the way, there were a lot of inner conversations. I told myself that, you know, yes, it's, it's going to be a good thing. Yes, it's going to be challenging, but it's going to be a good thing. It's going to happen. Yeah, and when we, that time, we have, you know, she's not even pregnant yet. And I, I say, you know, if we have a, our own kid, you know, at least our own kid will, will have a place. Yeah, next time when we pass on, you know, we leave a place for him. Preferably not the loan to him, all right, but, but the place for him. And lo and behold, everything all just fell into place. What inner conversations are you having this morning, friends? In your life, in your family, in your workplace, in your relationships, even in church, in your ministries. What inner conversations are you having? Are you, 
you know, some people are like, yeah, I'll never get married. I will never be able to find, you know, a life partner. And we, we can't, or, you know, I'll, I'll never have a breakthrough in my workplace, you know, and then, you know, I'm stuck and stuff like that. What are the inner conversations that you're having? If you want to change, something got to change in the things that you say. Change in words. But not just positive thinking, but what God is saying to you. And I held on to this promise that God is not indebted. Or rather, God is not a debtor of men. He is faithful. He is always faithful to bring to completion what He has begun in our lives. Amen? So this I want to encourage you. Have good inner conversations. Have good inner conversations. Sometimes you don't feel good. It's because you keep saying to yourself that you are not good. Something's got to change. Amen? So I want to encourage us, friends, change our words. This new season or this new era, I really believe God is going to bring our church into a new era. I'm very, very excited about what's going to happen. But if we keep on having an old lingo, nothing is going to change. But we got to learn to do something about it. Firstly, by what we say. Amen? Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you, change the way you speak. Not just with, with an accent, alright? You understand what I'm saying? Not just rolling your tongue more when you speak, no. Amen. So that's why I want to encourage us. It's going to happen. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good season over your life. It's going to be a good time over your life. Your breakthrough is coming. It's going to happen. Your tough times, yeah, it's going to pass. You're not going to dwell in that forever. If you are in a miry clay, you're not going to be there forever. God is going to take you up. He's going to set you upon the rock of your salvation, Jesus Christ. Amen. Your family is going to be okay. Your relationship is going to turn out well. Those who are sick will be healed. Amen. This is why I love prayer. When we come together to pray, why I love it so much. Because we don't pray negativity. You understand what I'm saying? How many of us pray negativity? Oh dear Jesus, we won't survive this. We're all going to die. Nothing's going to change. In Jesus' name we pray. We don't pray like that, don't we? No matter how grave the situation, probably the person is dying on, on, on the hospital bed and we pray, Jesus, we pray for your healing. Life come to his body and we, we speak, we don't say, oh dear Jesus, this person is not going to survive tonight. Oh God, take him home right now. You know, remove all his suffering. Take him, take him, take him. We don't pray like that. We want to believe. We want to speak the right things. We don't pray when, when you are, you know, you are in debt and say, oh God, you know, our children are going to be sold away. You know, we, our house, our car is going to be taken away. You know, our sons is going to be slaves. They are going to be slaves. They're going to live a terrible life. Oh, because of this debt. Oh God, oh God. Woe is me, woe is me, in Jesus' name. We don't pray like that. We pray God's promise. God, you are a provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. Those who believe in you, you have said, oh God, that you will not let your children back for bread. They will be plentiful over our lives. We pray. We don't pray negativity. That's why I, I, I want to encourage you, the moment you go through something, pray. That's why we encourage you, come for prayer meeting. Because something changes in the way we speak. No matter how painful our body is, we pray, God, you thank you that you can heal me. Thank you, you can give me strength. Thank you. You know, one day I'll be able to walk again. We pray like that. We don't pray for someone, oh, on, on, in a wheelchair and say, oh, in Jesus' name, 
You're going to be like this forever. May God strengthen your arms so that you can push your wheelchair more by yourself. We don't pray like that. You get what I mean? So I want to encourage every one of us. Pray. That's not in my point. You know, one of the points in my sermon. But maybe I just want to add on the fourth point. What you should do is pray. Amen? Pray. So everybody say pray. So this morning, this is what we're going to do. Right? We're going to take about a minute. I want to pray for your own life. Whatever that you're going through right now, I want you to pray for your own life. You want to pray for, I want you to pray for your situation. I want to pray. If you have a, a debt that needs to be settled, pray for it. Pray. Amen? If you have a sickness, pray. If you are, you know, you know relationship uh, issues, pray. Is that okay? If it's your job, pray. Amen? Yeah? And, and this for the next one minute, is it okay? I want every one of you to be praying. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Amen. One, two, three. Come on, let's pray. Come on, pray for yourself. Pray for your situation. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, speak life into your situation. Oh, You know, change the inner conversations that you have. Oh, let there be a change of words in your life right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, You are more than an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I just sense in my spirit right now that some of you, you are praying for a family relationship. I don't know what it is. It may be a, a situation. You may be praying for your children. You be, may be praying for your parents. I don't know. But I just felt this is what the word of the Lord is for you. that I will take care of that situation in your family. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, right now, we speak life into every family situation in the name of Jesus. Lord, even though it may be impossible with men, it's possible with you. No matter how broken or shattered that relationship may be, Lord, we thank you that you are a mender of hearts. You will turn the hearts of the children back to the father, the father back to their children. And Lord, we thank you that there's restoration. And Lord, we speak right now that every relationship, every marriage, oh Father, will be intact in the name of Jesus. Oh, every, Lord, relationship with parents will be intact. Every relationship with children Lord, will prosper in the name of Jesus. So Lord, we thank you, O God. We thank you. And we receive it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, for reminding us that our words have power and Lord, we pray, O oh God, in Jesus' name, that we will eat the good fruits out of it, not bad fruits. So Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, help us, Holy Spirit, to discipline our tongue, to really set a guard over our mouth and the door of our lips, O oh God, will not be open to negativity, to toxicity. But Lord, we pray, let it always be open for life open for the promises of God open for the will and the purposes of God so Lord we thank you that even your promise to us your word to our lives will not return to you void but you will establish in our lives so Lord we thank you we pray that from our lips will never come out slander will never come out lies will never come out gossips but Lord, we pray that it will be truth. 
it will be grace, it will be life, it will be love. Thank you, Jesus. So Lord, we thank you. Lord, we want to speak life into every situation that we are going through right now, every aspect of our lives. Thank you, O oh God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. No, friends, I also want to speak to those of you who have been, you know, trying for a child. And some people have spoken over your life and said, you're getting too old, you're, it's not going to happen, you know, or, or you've been trying, and, but nothing seems to happen. And, and, you know, somehow you have that inner conversation in your life that, oh, it's never going to happen. I want to speak to you about it. That is, your womb is going to be fruitful in the name of Jesus. This whole thing that's hovering over you will not, maybe you've been trying for another child and nothing happens. I want to speak to you about it that is going to happen God is going to make it happen in your life because God you know is going to make it fruitful for your life amen so don't 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 you know don't don't live under that cloud that is not going to happen you know I want you to pray with your spouse even today tonight you go back pray with your spouse and believe you know it's, it's going to come it's going to happen it's going to happen it's going to happen in Jesus name amen Hallelujah, because fruitfulness, God has promised us fruitfulness. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, I don't know who you may be, you know, you're going through that. I really sense that that's what God is saying to you. It's going to happen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, let's, 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 let's pray before we end today, all right? Is that okay? You have to turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor it's going to be a good day. Yeah, the remaining of the day is going to be fabulous. Amen. All right, come on. Come on, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for each other. Lord, if there's any point in our lives, so Father, where we allow negativity to take over us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, just shake us out of it. Lord, we know there's power. Lord, in, in our tongue, there's life and death in the power of the tongue, oh Father. And Lord, we pray that we'll always choose to speak life. Lord, we thank you that we're going to eat the good fruits out of it, oh God, in Jesus' name. So Lord, we pray. Lord, remind us. Lord, for, for those of us who, who even think of, you know, wanting to complain, Lord, we pray that we will, be rem we will remember to take our phone and to re record our complaints. If our spouse starts to complain, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, we will take our phone and, and, and record our, our spouse's complaint, O oh God, and then we're going to revisit it and listen to it. Lord, we thank you, O oh God, that Lord, that every step of the way matters. And Lord, we pray that even from today onwards, let there be a change of our words. In Jesus' name, now may the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great week ahead of you. Stay safe, stay healthy. And we'll see you guys again next Sunday. This sermon has been brought to you by Harvest Generation Church. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged.